What's up, everyone? We're here for post-game Locked On Bucks. Milwaukee, take care of business against the Wizards, 114 to 102. There was no Giannis. There was no Chris. Uh, but that does make things a little bit interesting in terms of the rotation. Some guys got some more opportunities tonight. So plenty to break down there as the road to the postseason continues. Uh, we have some injury updates. And also, after this, as we head towards the weekend, the Bucks have three very big games coming up. So there's plenty to discuss in this podcast. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday. I'm also find my work over at ESPN. Joining me, the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime of the voice, a uh, longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Uh, for today's episode, it is brought to you by NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs of the greatest moments from NBA history. Sign up today at lockedon.nbatopshot.com. Dot com, And of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day, whether it's on the audio version or whether it is on YouTube as well. Now, if you haven't checked us out on YouTube yet, uh, you're missing out on seeing Frank's head for at least half an hour after every game, which is what I know everyone wants to do. Frank, what's happening? Just a, I, I don't know how else to describe this win other than taking care of business. Maybe a little bit hairy down the stretch, but the Bucks were in cruise control uh, for much of this night and we got to sort of featured role from Drew Holiday. Again, we've been talking about it a lot, but Brooke Lopez was pushing 30 minutes in this game. What what are you taking away from this win over the Wizards? Uh, one win in the standings and pretty much nothing else. I mean, you know, like that's not I, the I way to that's not the way to like hook everyone into this podcast <laughs> we're about to get into. I mean, I thought the last game against the Bulls, I thought was a genuinely like impressive defensive performance. I think this game was a lot just more about the Wizards being garbage. And, you know, especially in the first um, quarter, two quarters, three quarters, uh, they just missed so many shots. And, hey, I was enjoying it. I had a grin on my face (laughs) because, as we often discuss, when Giannis is sitting in particular, and especially when you're missing Giannis and Chris Middleton, um, those are the nights where you hope, hey, I hope this is a night when the Bucs make a lot of threes and the opponent just misses a lot of them because – Obviously, uh, these games turn into much more of a just three-point shooting referendum without Giannis's inside dominance. Um, and Chris, obviously, as well, being a guy that can score from the mid-range or, or from three or, or get to the basket a little bit. So, um, you know, any any win would have done, right? Any win will do um, on a night when you're missing, you know, two of your three stars. Um, and so to come away with not just a win, but a pretty comfortable win, again, fourth quarter, you know, some playing with their food problems, um, maybe not the the most um, serious uh, effort down the stretch. Drew Holiday, as good as he was, kind of was uh, farting around with some of the turnovers down the stretch. But overall, Drew, um, you know, obviously a huge focus on him on nights when the other two guys are out. And he was, uh, other than kind of some 
kind of lazy turnover in the fourth quarter. He was very much in control, 24 points on 18 shots, 10 assists, um, plus 15 in 33 minutes. He was great. And great to see Grayson Allen, who we talked yeah. about him in the last pod, um, doing some stuff actually inside the arc. And tonight got back to doing a little bit more of what we're used to seeing, hitting five to seven from three, hit a couple early um, and kind of got on the, got on a quick, got on the right path there and finishes with 21 points uh, on 10 shots, which kind of feels like, you know, the Grayson Allen we were seeing early in the season, um, just very efficient and, and punishing teams uh, from the perimeter. So, um, you know, all in all, um, you, you know, I think, again, we've been talking a lot about the Bucks sudden depth <laughs> and what that will mean for the playoffs, but certainly uh, it's a very convenient thing to have on nights like this where you're missing, um, you know, two great players and, including one superstar, uh, the fact that you can plug those holes, bring Bobby Portis in the starting five. He gives you 11 points and 12 rebounds. Wes Matthews pretty much didn't do anything in the box score, but, you know, again, you know, his defense is going to be solid. Um, and other guys were able to step up. And the bench, three guys in double figures, Kane. Look at this. Look at this bench depth. What, what's going on with this? I don't know. But uh, The hottest man on the whole lineup, by the way, I, just get us one bucket and you make it four in double digits. That's right. He had eight points on five shots, another two out of three from, from deep. Um, George Hill back in double figures. Serge Ibaka in double figures again. Yeah. He was looking pretty good, looking pretty spry. So, um, yeah, I mean, other than, other than uh, Jordan Wara, who went 0 for 6 with no points in 18 minutes. A couple breaks. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like this, the bigger the lead got, the worse the uh, shot attempts, shot quality got. Uh, Jordan and, and Brooke Lopez in particular, like Brooks just, I mean, his shot selection has just been like horrendous um, at times, <laughs> but um, you know, whatever he's feeling himself, Brooke 13 yeah. points on 11 shots. So still, still doing fine there, but um, I mean, he was just a, he was only a plus one in 28 minutes. So um, yeah, the Bucks did a lot of their better work when, when Brooke was on the bench. Um, but again, probably the most important number you pointed out the minutes number Brooke getting all the way up to 28 minutes. Um, obviously uh, you know, Bucks are feeling pretty good about being able to stretch him out in terms of the minute load. So that's that's a nice thing to see. It was nice to see him get up for a couple of dunks. Mm-hmm. Nice alley-oop dunk. You know, I think we talked about when he was coming back. To me, that was a little bit of a limits test, right? Is He doesn't need to do that stuff to be effective. Um, you know, you're mainly worried about his defense. A lot of that's just positioning. But uh, to see him kind of making some plays, I don't know if I'd call them explosive plays, but um, to see him kind of, you know, going up, dunking, doing stuff around the basket, um, without fear, uh, that's obviously I think, an encouraging sign that you know he's confident and and not uh, not thinking about his back at this point, which you know certainly generally we've seen a lot of encouraging signs physically from him. So all around good win uh, would have been great if it would have been for, by twenty five, but that's fine. Whatever, no no big deal. Bank it. Move on to this tough road trip. You would have hated to lose this game, even obviously under difficult circumstances. You would have hated to take a loss here, um, heading into these three straight road games um, uh, against uh, Memphis, uh, Brooklyn, and, and Philly, because this this should have been one obviously that that you chalk up as a win. So, yeah, taking care of business as you said, and um, on to bigger and better things. I am, and this was something that I didn't really notice, and you did mention it, and it's not, it's definitely not a knock on him at all but it is weird that you, you have 50 points of production out of the lineup and west matthews can play 28 minutes and just take one shot and he, he was 
He was Tony Snell out there. He's doing his best Tony Snell impersonation. And I'm actually disappointed that he, A, took that shot, and then B, had a rebound, C, had an assist, and D, had a steal. If you're going to go to that length, can you please give us zeros across the board? Yeah, I know. No no, no fouls either. Um, so, yeah. And he had that nice playing transition where he, like, it was like a two-on-one. He ended yeah. up stripping the ball off. Yeah. Off, I don't know if it was KCP or who it was. Um, so, yeah, you know, hey, Wes, Wes is – just does what is needed, right? Tonight they didn't need scoring from him; they got it from other guys. Um, so, so that was that was a positive. But um, yeah, uh, you know, chalk up another win, and uh, they get to forty six wins, forty six and twenty six last year, forty six and twenty seven now. So, very close to the one loss pace that they were at last year. Um, but we got nine more games to go. Any interest in replica rings, replica championship rings, Frank? They handed them out tonight at the that's arena. A great, that, that's a great, that's a great get promo. I mean, that's that's got to be the best promo of the season, right? I think so. And they look fantastic on the TV camera, yeah. but you kind of need to get a feel for them and see, like, you know, whether they feel gimmicky. But by all reports, they did look pretty cool. And speaking of looking pretty cool, that kid that they kept putting on the broadcast tonight, that that guy knows at the age of, I don't know, maybe three. He's probably three years old. He knows how to act in front of the camera. So that was the coolest Bucks fan I've perhaps ever seen. I got a question for you, though. I was thinking about this while I was watching the game. But first, I'll talk about Bet Online. It is college basketball tournament. And shout out to Bobby Portis and the Arkansas Razorbacks, who I know nothing about college basketball, but they beat Gonzaga, which I think is a pretty big deal. Bobby Portis was very happy. He's leaning in. I mentioned this in our DM, Frank, but Bobby Portis has really lent in to the that uh, I guess it's a SpongeBob meme with the goatee. Have you ever had a goatee, Frank? Because you could do it right now. You could do it right now. Yeah, I could. Uh, no, I've, I've never gotten a goatee. I think, I don't know, something about like white dudes with goatees, I just don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't I just don't think it works that well. Um, I mean, Bobby Portis looks good. It does. Bobby, keep doing what you're doing. Um, me, goatee would, would not. By the way, when you said goatee, I've never heard an Australian say goatee before lazy pretty lazy. and we 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 say goatee for some reason you say goatee um i it, that definitely threw me off a little bit so but i'm a professional i rolled with it um yeah and some, yeah. for some reason i'm talking about it now but uh but yeah i'm uh, no goatee is not for me i've i've had a beard since 2012 i spent um a few months at a uh uh site out in the desert helping build a prototype wind turbine i figured nobody mm. need, nobody would see me every day um, so I just grew, grew facial hair. Uh, and, uh, then I met my wife like six months later and I shaved yeah. a couple times and she was like, she just thought I looked like a child basically yes. with, uh, with, with the clean shaven look. So, so basically I, I need to hide my real face from my wife or, uh, or she won't be happy. It's my unfortunate day-to-day reality, but, uh, but yeah, you know, cause I got the gray in here. So it makes me look a little bit, a little bit older, but, um, but Wise. no, no, no goatee ever. I think you're, and and I, I don't know how we've gotten this far astray, but I believe you were talking about Bobby's Arkansas Razorbacks and his meme, the meme that that has been made about him. I was, and to get back to uh, our friends at Bet Online, if you want to find the odds uh, that Frank will have a goatee in the next uh, stage of his life, you can get it at BetOnline.net, and along with the other odds contests and player props from across the NBA. Uh, baseball's obviously coming back here. NHL is going on right now. NFL a little bit away, but you can find all the futures there. Uh, you can find uh, all the odds on the Green Bay Packers. And last I heard with the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers is like going to be like the schoolyard. He's going to throw a long pass, and then he's going to run, 
and and catch his own throw because he has no one to throw to at the moment with the Green Bay Packers. But you can find all the odds, props, and uh, markets, as I said, at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast. You'll be able to keep up with everything that happened around the NBA overnight. And, uh, you know, there's some interesting stuff going on, particularly in relation to the standings. Ja Morant, who the Bucks actually play next. He's going to miss two weeks with this knee strain that he has so he can get the reaction from our friends over at Locked On Grizzlies. But speaking of injuries and coming back from injuries, uh, Pat Connaughton, you tweeted it tonight. I mean, this was one of the things that we said conditioning-wise, you know that he's going to come back into the lineup and he's going to be totally fine because he'll be able to get the, the work in the legs. So aerobically, he's probably going to be in a good spot. And and I know I'm going to shock you. I don't know what happens if you break a bone or you have some some issue with your shooting hand. But this guy has come back exactly the same as what he was beforehand. It's pretty incredible but it's lovely to watch, but he looks confident or as more or more confident than he did when he left, which is obviously a big boost to this bench unit. Yeah. I mean, he's hit 11 of 24 threes and uh, <laughs> he's averaging 15 points a game in the three games since he came back and he's put up 14, 15 and 16 points tonight, 16. Um, so man, you, you know, again, I, I feel like you, you again, want to knock on wood that he stays healthy from here on out. Um, but you know, he's got a, pl- a pl- metal plate and some screws in that hand now. Yes. <laughs> um, I was joking about it that maybe we all need to get metal plates and screws in our hands to, um, to turn us into flame throwing, uh, jump shooters like Pat has been here the past few games. So yeah, really encouraging, uh, to see him shooting the way that, that he has, cause we know how important he was last year in the playoffs. And, you know, I think again, I, I was hesitant when the Bucks were losing some games um, when he first went out. I was hesitant to say like, "Oh, Bucks really missing Pat, you know, yeah. Pat Connaughton." Like, like when they lost to like the Sixers and the Nets, it was like people were like, "Wow, they're really missing Pat Connaughton." It's like, yeah, but you know what? Mm, the Nets with Kyrie Irving and no James Harden and Kevin Durant, like, uh, I still think you got to beat them at home, even if you don't have Pat Connaughton. But anyway, very nice to see Pat, Pat back uh, and. Uh, you know, again, talking about the bench scoring and, and the lack of that um, for a while, it's obviously Pat um, being back and, and shooting the way he has, has been, been a huge plus. And I want to shout out, um, I, we talked about it on the last pod we did about Pat and that he did, he kind of did it again tonight that catch it high and, and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, basically don't bring it down. Just, just don't even go into your dip, just catch high and, and keep it high and shoot three immediately. Um, Eric pointed out that Zora Stevenson did like a film room thing on bucks.com or the bucks YouTube channel, or whatever, um, with Pat on, on a few different things, right? Like looking at different stuff. And they actually talked about that. And it was funny because in our DM, I was asking like, who, who else, who else does that? Like, you know, will sometimes take threes, not even bringing it down. And I, the first person I thought of actually was your boy, Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles started Absolutely. doing that. And um, in the video, as that Eric pointed to me, um, Pat noted that Cal Corver sort of, I don't know if he'd say taught him that, but kind of, you know, passed that on to him. 
as kind of like a next level shooting type type thing for him to work on, which makes sense that Corver would would have that as part of his bag. And now I'm actually trying to think like Corver and Joe Ingles played together. Like, did Corver also turn Joe Ingles onto that? So next time you interview Joe Ingles, Kane, which I, you'll do it at some point because you know you're no the the czar of of Australian NBA media at this point. Um, ask Joe Ingles if if he got that skill set from or, or if that if Kyle Corver kind of turned him onto that because not a ton of guys do that. Um, so anyway, shout out to Eric and Zora and Kyle Corver, Joe Ingles, and most of all Pat Connaughton for uh, adding yet another tool to uh, to his his uh, to his bag of tricks. So um, so yeah, that was that was a cool thing. Well, it is, and this is something that that certainly. I mean, I've watched NBA for a long time, but until I was there and like seeing it really up close, the three-point line is a so fucking far. long way away. And when I shoot a basketball, and again, like, I mean, I'm, a, I'm not good at basketball, but I have to put in a lot of effort to shoot an NBA yep. three. And I just remember being, when we would go to practice and we would see these guys, Brook Lopez was the funniest out of all of them because he doesn't even jump and he shoots it from so deep and he just flicks this little pebble at the rim and just completely effortlessly these guys are so strong and i think the point you were actually going to get to which you never did is that kyle corver is with brooklyn right now so ben simmons is going to be shooting those threes when he returns oh definitely yeah definitely not definitely not but uh, he'll never return he's going to be up i mean actually i don't know i mean doesn't it sound like ben simmons is like yeah yeah i don't i don't think so which surprised me i thought i mean i was among those saying oh he's just ducking the sixer game blah 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 but strangely um yeah it looks like his that back injury it's, i mean he's herniated it's, it seems like a similar problem that brooke went through so we'll see yeah. if he needs surgery or not but yeah steve nash's comments he's not doing anything right isn't that like has been his comments like recently yeah. like oh he's not doing anything like he's like completely shut down they're hoping that rest and you know they're, they're, i think the, the red flags really went off when there was the discussion about him getting the epidural it's crazy um, to me. I'd never heard of yeah, that outside of a. Yeah. I mean, I know people made the jokes, but I'd literally never heard of it outside of a birth childbirth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, I. I, I don't. I don't think the Nets. I, I think the Nets are still contenders even without yes. Ben Simmons. Um, but I think they become a. I mean, obviously, everything is dependent on Kyrie and and Durant. Now, and again, they have some, I mean, obviously Patty Mills and Seth Curry obviously bring shooting, but, you know, you kind of chip away, no Joe Harris, no Simmons. It obviously makes them, a, I think, a, just a weirder team because they've got the two superstars, they've got kind of the two shooting specialists, and then they've got a lot of guys who are just like kind of more like defensive hustle player type guys, um, you know, like Bruce Brown and James Johnson and you know, Andre Drummond, if, I don't know if you consider him like a defensive specialist, but you know, he's obviously kind of a big eye rebounder type. So yeah, they're, they're an issue. I'm, I'm really curious to see that game that, uh, that is coming up. Obviously Kyrie will be eligible to play in that now. Um, it's going to be interesting to see just how these teams match up since we haven't seen, um, we haven't seen them play against KD and Kyrie, I guess. I guess, yeah. wait, did, no, a year, yeah, because Kyrie was was away from the team on opening night. So first chance to see just the KD and Kyrie team since last playoffs. 
So before I've, I've, I want to bring something up that came up on Twitter during this game. And I do think it's an interesting uh, conversation to have. We've been discussing it a little bit. So I'll get to that after I talk about our friends at NBA Top Shot, which is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA, connects with a community connect with a community of hundreds of thousands of NBA fans as natural progression of fantasy sports, a way to upgrade your experience as an NBA fan. This is the future of what being an NBA fan looks like. It's part trading cards. It's also akin to the stock market for NBA. So every day, millions of dollars worth of NFTs are traded back and forth between tens of thousands of NBA fans around the world. And basically, uh, you have a highlight and uh, people ask, why would I buy a highlight when I can watch it on YouTube for free? But it's not just about watching the highlight. It's about having ownership stake in what's akin to a stock market for the NBA's greatest highlights. Now, Frank, you brought this up the other day. And, and I don't want to turn this into the Locked On Bucks Australia version. There's been a lot of Australia talk on this podcast. But I don't know if the Daly Scoop is on Top Shot. But it absolutely should be on Top Shot. And I think there would be Bucks fans out there that would be very interested in owning the Daly Scoop as a top shot. Anyway, I don't know. If someone has the answer to that, if it's on top shot, then let us know. But you can get your starter packs if you join uh, top shot for around nine bucks. So it's uh, not too bad there. NBA top shot is the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs of the greatest moments from NBA history. Sign up today at lockedon.nbatopshot.com. Wait, so, so let, let, let's, let's impromptu ask this question. If you could have... Five top shots from Bucks history. What what would be the what would be your top five? I know the first two that immediately come to mind, but what would be what would be your top five? You go you go let's 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 go quick rapid fire here back and forth. I'll give you the first pick. First pick, Bucks Drew, top shot history. Drew Holiday to Giannis Elliott. NBA finals. Yeah, and I don't. I, I feel like when I think of uh, top shots, I always think of like them being of a player. That one would be the unique two player, right? Because it has to start with Drew Steele and right. then the LU. Um, I will say the second my, my second pick would be the Giannis block on Aiden. I feel like that's you know just like an iconic play now as well. So I'll say the the iconic block on Aiden would be my would be my second one. Do you have a? A third one that comes to mind, a, a single play from Bucks history that you would you would say would be your number three. Um, it's hard to say because I don't know if there's a. I mean, I, you can say the Delhi scoop. You can say the Delhi scoop. I think that's a totally valid one. I mean, that that is one like we were joking about, but like that's one of those real like you know, if someone tells you they're a Bucks fan and you want a litmus test, you say. You know what was the what was the high point of the <laughs> of the I don't, even, I don't even remember what year was 2018 was it 2018 I guess right that was the uh, last, yeah 17 18 last, yeah. what was the highlight of the 2018 Bucks playoff run it might be that moment that was I wasn't in the building but that seemed like just one of the most insane crowd reaction plays that we've seen when Delhi steals that inbound at the end of the first quarter of what was it game four I think or was it game three or game four. Um, I'm going to mix it up, though. I'm going to go because I I just had some more time to think about it. And I was so locked in on the playoff run and championship that you do have to expand your mind a little bit. I want Giannis jumping over Hardaway. That was what I was thinking about, too. Yeah. I I, I mean, I think we've talked about this. I am lower on that dunk than most people. Like, in my, if I were going to do my top 10 Giannis dunks, that would be lower down the list than 
I think the average Bucks fan would put it. Like I'd probably a lot of Bucks fans would say that's like his best dunk. It just looked too easy to me. It, it's like Tim Hardaway yeah. was like photoshopped in. Like you know, I don't know somehow that like the value, even though in some ways that makes it more amazing. Um, I think if like if we we're thinking about like that, you know, the value of the NFT or whatever. Yeah. Um, I would say that that's probably one that that would be up there. Um, I don't other ones that kind of come to mind immediately. Like, um, I, I'm I'm again recency biased. Like, you know, like thinking about plays like Kareem's skyhook to win what was that the 74 finals game six whatever against boston again they lost the final so like it didn't really matter as much but that's like an iconic shot eh, whatever i i'm right. i'm i'm more biased towards stuff from from my era um some of the other ones that come to mind though um Giannis's game winner in msg mm-hmm. you know that's like an all-time Giannis highlight um Glenn Robinson's like half court shot against, I think it was, I guess thing that came against Charlotte. Was it game seven at home against Charlotte in 2001? Maybe like that's, that's one of the, I think like the signature, like crazy loud um, type type plays that, that we saw um, during kind of my earlier, earlier fan fandom days. Um, So that's another good one. Um, And then, I mean, there, there's some obviously like iconic Giannis dunks, which yeah. like the ones like the the Space Jam dunk he has he's had like two Space Jam dunks to me the one against Indiana where he went nearly from the foul line and then the one um, against the Knicks where like Carmelo was like right near him on a breakaway and he still took off from like almost the free throw line <laughs> and dunked and it was just like that doesn't that was look like dangerous to be honest like that that play. Um, those are those are some other ones that come to mind, and then I don't know, like I mean, like I was at the you remember the Bogut overtime game winner against the Spurs his of rookie course. year. I, I was at that game, so that one like will always be very memorable to who me. Coach Tony, to Bogut? Who coached Who coached to Bogut? That that one will always always kind of jump out to me. So um, I don't know. Tweet at us. Tell us. Tell yeah. us. I'm sure we've missed some really obvious ones that that would uh, that would also be up there. Um, I mean, Chris Middleton's jumper to beat the Heat. Um, oh, that's obviously that's a big, a big random highlight. regular season, but sick. <laughs> no, I, I was well. Okay. Oh, you're sorry. Thinking one, I'm thinking of regular thinking season. Of the 2015 Chris Middleton shot, which I saw in the Bucks account this week. Yeah, that was an incredible game. I think they'd lost like five or six in a row, yeah. so they like really needed that win. Um, that was an incredible uh, play. Like just everything about yeah. it, like Zaza with the blind state, all that. Yeah, um, that was an incredible one. Uh, but I was thinking of of Chris gotcha. versus the Heat. Right, gotcha. Um, that was, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the first win uh, of the 16 last year. It wasn't a buzzer. It would have been, a, like, if it was a buzzer beater, I would say, like, yeah, it's up there. Um, the fact that it wasn't actually a buzzer beater maybe devalues it a little bit. But, um, but yeah, there's there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of great ones out there. When you have Giannis for, you know, oh. the better part of a decade, like, you're going to have a lot of, like, very um, – very special moments. So I don't, and I'm curious how many of these are you, I don't even know how many of these are actually even on top shot right now, but, um, but those should be, those should be worth something. Well, you can tell I'm an absolute nerd because I was thinking of a regular season game winner over a literal playoff game winner that we just saw yeah. uh, a few months ago. But anyway, NBA top shot's going to be pumped because we just gave him a 10 minute ad read, but I do, <laughs> I just quickly do need to get to our, that's lock- what that's organic. What I mean, that, that's the sort of organic content, man, that like, you know, that's, that's, right. that's, that's why they pay, uh, the big bucks to 
some people, maybe not us, but um, but we're we're doing our best, man. And by the way, you're right. It's actually just fun conversation. So I'll put a prompt up on YouTube, and you answer it however you want. Can be all Giannis, can be old school stuff, whatever it is. Your top five shots or whatever uh, blocks highlights. John 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 Henson um, blocking Matt Barnes, and then. Um, <laughs> going full WWE and that's that is a deep cut that's a deep cut highlight I saw that recently as well I was at that game too it was like Tyler Ennis it was like that was one of the weirdest games it was like the Bucks C team closing out the Memphis Grizzlies um and I don't I'm blanking on which year that was but um go to more games games. of this story uh and the bottom line of uh, everyone's appetites uh, when they get hungry it should be built bar and I'm sorry well, it took a while to get to this, but Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. And, Top 10 uh, moments eating a Built Bar King, go. Do you know, this is really weird, but I was thinking today, and this is pretty random, and you'll get some insight into what goes through my head, but uh, there was this play in this game tonight, and this is Built Bar related, but there was this play tonight <laughs> where uh, Pazingas swung through with the elbows and caught Drew Holiday, and the amount of times these NBA players just catch an elbow uh, from a, a man like I don't know understand how they are knocked out but I was picturing myself getting knocked out and what I would be thinking of and I would be sent to a land where there's there's nothing but built bars everywhere and I'm just uh, sitting there eating built bars and I get woken up and I'm actually still on an NBA hardwood but anyway it's the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made it's good for you it's really healthy as we know whether it's mint brownie coconut coconut almonds white chocolate cookies and cream uh, they've got everything you need right there. They even have the puffs. The puffs are a special bar that are also covered in 100% real chocolate, and they've got marshmallow inside. It's it's honestly ridiculous stuff. So make sure you go check it out. It is delicious. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. So one thing I did want to get to before we head into the weekend here, and we know, as I said, the Bucks have got the Grizzlies, they've got the Nets, they've got the Sixers coming up. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the correct order, but they've got those three games all on the road. So it's going to be some fun basketball coming up here. Uh, and the YouTube uh, comments have been very quick to remind us, Frank, we've been saying for a while that ah, the Bucks aren't going to get the one seed. Uh, Miami have an easy schedule. They're going to figure it out. Next thing, Jimmy Butler it, wants to fight. Eric Spolstra on the bench, which, by the way, that video of the fan video with Spolstra going, you want to fight me? And he just looks completely shocked is so funny. I've watched it at least 700 times at this point, his face. And looking at PJ Tucker, he just looked like a guy that just wanted nothing to do with what was going on. He's probably thinking, please give me Chris back. Please give me Giannis back. These friendly guys that like each other. I want to be back in beautiful Milwaukee. The weather is so nice down there. But... When you look at the standings, there's been a couple of horrific losses for Miami. That you, the, the Stars weren't playing for Golden State. They weren't playing for Philadelphia. And Miami still managed to lose those games. And there is only one one game. The Bucks are one game out of the first seed here uh, with, what have they got left? Nine games to go. So things are going to heat up. What did you think of the, the that situation, though? I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. I actually watched the end of the um, the end of the the, the Heat uh, Warriors game, um, and it was it was funny to watch um, because, yeah, I mean the, the the Warriors they they lost the night before to Orlando, and then they go to <laughs> Miami, they rest Draymond, they rest Clay, and obviously Steph is hurt, 
And, um, you know, Jordan Poole just had a heater and Andrew Wiggins had an awesome second half and Kamingo was good, but then he fouled out on kind of a questionable three point play by, by Jimmy. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of fun, fun to, to, <laughs> fun to watch the Warriors just kind of turn it on, uh, down the stretch and win that game while, um, all chaos is breaking loose, uh, on uh, on on the bench and that that was probably why i was like oh man because because the, the heat were still in the game i was like oh man i really hope the i now i really hope the heat lose because if they lose or if they win after the whole that weird whole jimmy thing then like it'll kind of get like brushed under a little bit but right, yeah if they um you know if they if they lose then it'll become more of a talking point so yeah jimmy's just such a weird just a weird guy um 52 so, mil in 2026 yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. And I mean, he just is constantly like missing games um, yeah. with just random crap and um, they play well without him, you know, I mean, which is a credit to Spo and how hard those guys play. But uh, yeah, weird. I mean, I'm looking at the, um, I'm looking at the playoff probabilities on uh, basketball reference and they still have the heat at projected to win 1.7 more games than than the second place team, which actually is now Boston. Boston, you know, again, just yeah, been an probably. absolute machine. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think they're absolutely a, a contender to win, to come out of the East. They've just been so, I mean, they've just been by far the best team in the East for months now. Um, and again, like, you know, I'm, I hate the Celtics. I want them to lose in the first round. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I don't like the Celtics. I lived in Boston for 15 years. I freaking hate the Celtics, but um <laughs> but they've been praying great. Their defense has been awesome. And, you know, Tatum's after a pretty, you know, miserable shooting start of the season, he's been very, very good for a while now. So, um, so the Celtics are actually favored to be numbers two bucks. Now uh, basically the, the projections have the Celtics at 51.0 bucks at 50.7 Sixers at 50.6 wins. So very close, um, closely packed for the top four. And then you have to go, the Cavs, Again, this is probably going to change because the Cavs lost tonight to the Raptors, but Cavs were at 46.9. Um, so basically four wins back of um, of kind of the top four uh, projected wins. So, you know, I would say it seems very much like we know the top four. We know who's going to have home court in the first round. Now the question is obviously just what that jostling looks like. Um, the Celtics actually have the, the hardest – um, remaining schedule it's Boston and Chicago basically Boston Chicago Indiana have pretty much all kind of similar remaining strength of schedule and then it's the Bucks have the fourth hardest strength of schedule which probably will bump up tomorrow morning uh given that they just played the Wizards so they don't have that uh, game on their schedule anymore right, so right, right. um so yeah I mean really at this point like obviously the Grizzlies game will matter you know they're, they're all worth one game but as far as like the games that are really going to matter as far as the East standings Pretty obvious. Bucks get the Celtics at home, and the Bucks obviously have to go to Philly next week. So um, the Philly game really matters because, in the sense of it's uh, the head-to-head tiebreaker. Philly, if they win, um, they actually actually no, it's, it's tied one-one, right? Yeah. So um, so I guess whoever wins that game will have the, the head-to-head tiebreaker in case the two teams are tied um, at the end of the regular season. And with uh, the the Celtics, obviously Celtics have been super hot. And if they come to Milwaukee and win, then then they would have the tiebreaker over the Bucks. And if the Bucks win, then it would be two two. So, um, so yeah, I mean, if you're saying like, you know, which what are the two games you would 
if you're again trying to maximize wins, which <laughs> you know with Brooklyn looming as a potential eight seed, maybe that's not your first priority. Um, but uh, but with with that kind of coming coming up and, and looking ahead to the schedule, I'd say those are the two obvious wins that, um, as a fan, I would say you know like those are two teams that you may have to go through to win the title. So certainly you would love to to win those two games. Uh, you know, I mean, I think Giannis going into Philly and dropping another monster game as he did um, in his first MVP season, that 45 point game that that kind of sewed up the the MVP firm that year. Um, again, that might be his last best chance to really kind of make a statement. Um, certainly have other chances, right? I mean, if he drops a monster game on KD and the, and the Nets and they win in Brooklyn, that, that would also help. Um, but he obviously I'd say, you know, again, probably unfairly um, has to make some really big statement games um, in these last few weeks in order to kind of trick, make a last run at MVP. So We'll see, but obviously, you know, him not playing tonight with the knee soreness. We saw he had the wrap on his hand yesterday. Comments from Bud pregame. We're kind of bearing the lead, I guess, a little bit, but comments from Bud, you know, sounded like they were going to make a call if he was even going to travel to Memphis, which um, uh, it's like, if he doesn't travel to Memphis, is he not traveling on the rest of the road trip? Man, so that, it's Giannis. They get him. The, the owners yeah. personally come and pick him up. Yeah, I, I I read it as like maybe he you know they'll see how he is maybe he doesn't play Saturday. Um, I would be pretty shocked if he doesn't play in those the the Brooklyn and yeah and Sixers games next week. Um, but uh, and it sounded like the hand thing. People saw he had a, a kind of like a little wrap on his hand at the herd game yesterday when he and Thanasis went up to see his younger brother Alex uh, play against the herd. Um, it sounds like. Bud was just kind of like, yeah, he just takes hits and gets knocks, but it, it didn't seem like he was uh, that, that it was, was much of an issue. Um, he did seem more optimistic that, I mean, Chris is going to travel for sure. And sounds like Chris will probably play on Saturday. So at least you get Chris Middleton back, but you know, obviously, Hey, I, I get it. You're trying to make sure your best guys are healthy for um, the playoffs. But as a fan, of course, like, look, I hey, mean, I love stealing. It's, it's fun. There's, there's something kind of fun about, stealing a game against anyone uh wizard the wizards or otherwise uh without your best players um but um i mean do i want to watch some of my saturday night watching you know uh half strength bucks team try to beat the grizzlies with or without john Morant? uh eh, yeah i'll watch but i'd much rather watch the bucks with with Giannis and chris both back so fingers crossed Giannis is feeling good and, and ready to go but um but we'll see, obviously, a potential letdown Saturday night. Frank, we pushed this podcast back an hour because you watched a 0-0 soccer game. So please do not complain about watching a, an entertaining game of NBA basketball on a Saturday USA, night. USA, USA. Uh, one last thing on the standings. It is just, I, if I could be bothered going back and looking, then I would do it. I'm sure you know, our listeners, some of them probably know or they probably know how to find, find it out quicker than I do. But one and a half games between the first four seeds this deep into the season, that has—I don't know how often that's happened—but that sounds absolutely 
bonkers to me. When you look at the West, there's 14 and a half games between the top four seeds uh, between Utah and Phoenix there. So it's just absolutely crazy that there could be one and a half games between the top four seeds at this point in time. And if Chicago didn't choke away uh, the last three weeks, then they would be in the mix as well. But uh, the Bulls lost to the Pelicans tonight. Uh, Tough go for them. Make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast. I'll have you covered. That's a national show on the network after you're done with us go and check out uh that podcast there uh should we wrap it frank you got anything you you, you desperately need to get off your chest before you hit the weekend no i think i think we're good to go Kane. good night to everybody happy friday fingers crossed for a big bucks road trip and uh fingers crossed that we see full strength bucks on saturday uh, in memphis catches by the way by the way i i want to oh, i should just oh. take, <laughs> let me just apologize Ahead of the game last Saturday, I made a comment on Twitter. I said, because Pat Connaughton and oh boy. Brooke were both, you know, Pat, Pat was supposed to come back. Brooke was back. And I said, this will be the first time all season when the Bucks will have essentially their playoff rotation available. Because right. remember, Bobby Portis was not playing at the start of the season when they beat the Nets. They had their starting five, but and Brooke was there, but they did not have Bobby actually. So I was like, oh, Look, first time all season to have everybody back. And then we find out Giannis is knee soreness. And the Giannis comes back against the Bulls. But then Chris doesn't play. And then neither Giannis nor Chris plays tonight. And now Giannis may play on Saturday. So I'm just going to shut up about predicting the Bucks being back at full strength. I clearly have just jinxed it. Um, so anyway, that's it. I, I accept, I accept I'm, your I'm, apology, Frank. Uh but I did see, uh, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but there was some stat saying, Miami, the number one seed, despite only having their starting five for 40% of games this season. I said, 40%? What are you talking about? <laughs> Bucks have had their starting five for maybe 3%. Bit of respect for Brooke Lopez, please. Brooke Lopez erasure. We will not stand for it here on Locked on Bucks. And on that note, on that angry note, we'll see you next week.